As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we're discussing the new look Washington Wizards with the addition of Russell Westbrook. W's, get there, the W's. All right, uh, we've got a reporter that covers them every day for the Washington Post coming through. Plus, welcome back, King McClure. But before we get into why King was gone and our guest, Darlene, you know, you gotta run it. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome to Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. I'm Monica McNutt, and we are so thrilled and thanking God, oh my goodness, to welcome back my co-host, King McClure. Uh, We've got a special guest, but King, I feel like you owe our listeners a very important and um, cautionary tale of an update. Please, it's so good to have you back. Man, I'm glad to be back. Um, Everybody, I had COVID. I contracted the virus, and when I tell you it's real, it's real. Um, I was feeling, I had, I, my symptoms were too crazy. Um, I had a, like two days of uh, really extreme symptoms as far as like super lethargic and uh, headaches and body aches, extreme body aches. And but other than that, other than the two days, I mean, it was super chill, super, like minor symptoms. Um, I still can't smell, uh, but yeah, it's real. And I actually happened to give it to my sister. Um, <gasps> Did you? Yeah, I gave it to my sister, um, which kind of, you know, she was okay. So thank God that I was able to recover from it and I was able to bounce back and I'm here. Um. Yes, all of those things. Uh, thank God your sister's okay and you didn't give it to your yeah. parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, this is this story. <laughs> okay, moving on. Please take COVID seriously, people. It's not a game. Um, yeah, hopefully, if worst case scenario, you would have the same results as King and battle back. But nothing's to be taken for granted as now yeah. as we have now eclipsed three hundred thousand deaths in our country. So, King, we're so glad to have you back. All right, so um, I don't know about that transition there, but here we go. We're going to transition. Some scary news this past weekend. We're recording this pod on a Thursday morning. Over the weekend, Keontae Johnson of Florida collapsed during a game against Florida State. He was put into a medically induced coma. As of Thursday, he is awake alert. There's a report or a statement from Florida that he actually FaceTimed his teammates and that he's making progress. So we don't want to get into the weeds on why, although we'll just echo what King said. Be very mindful. COVID is still very real. Um, But most importantly, we're glad to see that he's making progress and on the road to a healthy recovery. Yeah, prayers and condolences go to him and his family and his teammates. I know that's definitely got to be hard on your teammates, especially one of your main players and one of your brothers is is fighting. And something extreme or something drastic happens like that. So prayers up to Keontae Johnson and his family. Very talented young man. Definitely preseason SEC player of the year for sure. All right, so is that it, King? Without further ado, are we getting to our guest? Let's get to the guest. All right. This week's guest, you guys, is a friend of mine. Um, She covers the Washington Wizards as a beat reporter for the Washington Post. But before the Wizards, we were able to connect on the women's college basketball front. I don't know. I got it. Did they ever cover high school sports with the Post? I'm not sure. But she is the fantastic, the incredibly talented, vibrant. Um, She's such a great person and not just a great reporter. Ava Wallace of the Washington Post. Ava, hi, love. Hello. I never covered high school sports, but I did meet you in a hallway at Georgetown. I think that's the first time we physically met. And it was one of those things where it was like, oh, I know you from the internet. Like, this is great. Yeah. (laughs) 
a hundred percent. You have been um, doing your thing with the post for quite some time, and you know I love it. I promise, King, we're gonna get to all the basketball stuff. But really quickly, when I have an opportunity to celebrate young women doing their thing, particularly women of color. Um, just real quick, Ava, what's your rundown? How long have you been at the Post? How did you get to the Post? And what was it like when you got the call to move up from Women's College Hoops to the Wizards? Yeah, so I've been at the Post for since 2015, since November 2015, so five years, which makes me feel very old. Um, I started out covering College Hoops, Virginia, Virginia Tech, then moved on when Patrick Ewing got the job at Georgetown to Georgetown covering Navy and the Surface Academies for football and of course Maryland women's basketball which was like the inroad to the beautiful beautiful world of women's college hoops. Um, so I spent a lot of time around there did the Mystics covered their WNBA title run which was amazing and then so I was told in like I want to say like February like my boss kind of he did the thing where he's like come into my office. Let's, let's have a little chat. And I'm like, well, today's the day I get fired. And they asked if, they was like, it's finally here. They asked if I wanted to cover the Wizards, which in February, I was like, yeah, I'll take over, you know, maybe go to summer league, do the draft in June. Um, and then, yeah, and then everything, you know, the world came to a stop. So it was, um, I officially took over before the Wizards went to the bubble in July. And yeah, so I've been covering them through my computer screen. Tonight's going to be the first night I'm actually going to Capital One Arena. They, I'll, I will walk apparently straight into the building and into my own suite where I will not be permitted to leave that suite. <laughs> Your face, Monica, where I won't be leaving that suite all night. I'll get my double masks on. We're going to have food in the suite. That's my restroom. And then I walk right out after the game. So it's going to be going to be really interesting. Yes, your face is mine. Monica's just this wide like jaw on the floor staring at me. I, besides the fact that sometimes things do get lost in the screen and obviously you'll have the opportunity to observe it all at Capital One, is that better than doing it from home? I, I mean. Okay, so that was, I, I called the team and I was like, so if I show up in person, are we gonna like, am I getting some little one-on-one -on -one time? Oh my God, cause at the bubble, if you were there in person, like everybody else was doing interviews over Zoom, but if you were there in person, you could like be standing there at least at least looking at someone. Uh, no, not in the NBA. So I'm, I feel like I, I mean, I'm gonna go because I hate watching from home so much. I feel like there's so much I miss. Um, but, and because I feel safe, like I was gonna go up to the Brooklyn preseason game and that I was just like, you know, nobody's going to be playing, like, Brad and, and Russ are not going to be playing, maybe that's not worth the traveling, but when it's, like, 10 minutes from my house, I feel like I'll basically be going from my car into my one little space, like, not interacting with anybody. Hopefully, I feel, I feel better about that. I feel better about that, for sure. All right, King, I'm sorry to monopolize, but this is my girl, and I've been trying to get on the pod, <laughs> like, the pod launch. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Women's college hoops, COVID, any, if anything, care to weigh in? Jump in, King. <laughs> um, you know, I called a game the other day for the first time, and yeah, how was it? I, I gotta say it was weird because yeah. like you're watching the screen and you're not there, so like you gotta almost fake the energy in a sense. Yeah, because like normally when you call in a game, it's like okay, they hit a nice play, a nice move, and you the crowd is going crazy. And like yes, now it's like you're just sitting in the room by yourself. Like somebody's a nice play, and you're like oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So if I play wasn't in there with you. Uh, my play-by-play -play was uh, his crib, and I was in uh, I was at the Longhorn Network. So it was uh, tough. I was by myself. You going for the Longhorn Network? No, no, I was doing it for ESPN, and they sent me because my Wi-Fi apparently isn't good enough. So they <laughs> <laughs> so they sent me all the way to Austin to call the game because they have a kit. That was the closest wow. kit. I was like, That's wow, crazy. okay, but I'll do it because might as well, right? Yeah, listen, might as well. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I, I am. Sorry, I, the one thing I'm really excited, I'm excited because you know no one else is in the arena. I'm going to hear everything. I am so excited to hear Russell Westbrook talk that entire game. <laughs> like, that's going to be really fun for me. That's the thing that I, when we announced, like when the bubble was coming back and there were no fans, that's the thing I was looking forward to the most. But shout out to the NBA for creating the ambiance. The bubble was way different by comparison as you're watching now with these, mm -hmm. these arenas. But I love the chatter. I'm with you on that, Ava. Yeah. Um, Okay, we set the table. We caught up sufficiently. Happy holidays, all that good stuff. Love the red. <laughs> yes, 
You know, I love some good polish. All right. You mentioned it. Um, February, you got the bug put in your ear, or shall we say the seed was planted. And then you started covering this team in a pandemic as their new beat reporter. Now, I know you filled in for various reporters covering the Wizards at certain points, but what was that like for you? How do you start covering a team in a pandemic? It um, it was not fun. <laughs> I will be just like straight up right there. It's, it was really hard in the bubble, especially because nobody was used to the Zoom interviews yet. Like that was, the, the NBA was really the first time elite, like now it's totally commonplace where people are having pressers and everything like that. But the NBA was really the first league that said, we're gonna do this regularly. And in the bubble, the weirdest thing about that, now they, when you do the Zoom interviews, it's just like you guys be Zooming right now. Like everybody can see everybody in the bubble players were staring at a camera. They couldn't see who was talking to anybody. So we could see them, but they couldn't see us. And it was so clear that they were very uncomfortable. Like that's, that's a weird thing to just hear a voice in your ear and be like, and it's like, it might be someone who's been covering the team for like five years. And you're like, Hey, like, I don't know who that is. Like, um, and so with the wizards, they have down in the bubble, it was so many young players and so many players who like aren't necessarily the team leaders or anything like that who just weren't, they're just not as comfortable with interviews anyway. They don't have their personality showing as much of the time. That was really weird to try to, first of all, get to know a team. Because, I mean, you guys know the way you get to know these guys is you just, you pass them in the hallway. It's not like always happens in interviews. It's all the little interactions aside from when you're actually getting a story done. Um, so with that gone, I found it really hard to get a sense of this entire team and like the vibe and, and the energy and who likes who. So, you know, you, you file all these little details away in your mind just to kind of help you fill out around the edges. Um, so yeah, learning, learning, getting to know the guys and then getting to know the organization itself. You know, just like King mentioned, it's like you, when you can't feel the energy and you can't hear everything going on, you can't see people's faces when someone else comes walking down the hallway. It's, there's so much you're left to fill in. And I think my stories have been much gladder. I think most writers would say that these days that when you're just writing off the TV and, and Zoom interviews, it's like there's less description. Your your stories don't breathe as well. So it's definitely been a challenge trying to kind of like pull things out of people over Zoom. Like sometimes you try to be funny and people are just like, I'm not in the mood. Like <laughs> I've definitely learned that lesson where I'm like, okay, I will skip the questions. Like <laughs> it's very, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. So fast forward about eight, nine months, right? Nine, ten months. Yeah. Fast forward about eight, nine, ten months, okay? And your Washington Wizards made a big trade. I really want to hear your opinion on this. What was your first thought when they traded John Wall for Russell Westbrook? My Honestly, my first thought, so I'm I, – I swear to you, this is my first thought. After, you know, after the initial freak out of like, oh, it's like 8 p.m. or whatever it was. Let me go get to my computer right now. Um, I was a junior in high school in Silver Spring when John was drafted. And I remember like literally the, it, it can't have been the day after it was, it must've been after his season debut or something. Kids like literally running down my hallway. You could not turn the corner without someone dugging in the hallway. And that's what I'll always say. He was, it's so funny. Like, cause, that, cause at my high school, every, every single Monday, everybody's wearing Redskins or excuse me, Washington football team jerseys to the school, like huge, NFL thing just like the whole area but when John Wall got drafted it was such a big cultural moment and such a big like he was immediately an icon because he was young he was like you know not that I was what 16 17 so he's not that much older than me um that was the first thing I thought of like wow I can't believe it's actually over it was very much like I feel like what a lot of a lot of fans felt about like raw emotion of like oh my gosh like John Wall is gone yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I was, let me see, John left, John left after his freshman year. So I think I was, a, I was either a sophomore or junior in college when he got drafted. But the, the day that stood out to me more was when he signed his max contract. I was at that presser. The Supermax? In Supermax, yeah. yeah. I was at that presser because, you know, we're making our ways in the industry. And I remember asking him, what does leadership look like? Because you've just been paid and now how do you honor this contract and he talked as much as he talked about basketball he also talked about the city which to your point if you've been in the area and watched him he has been so sincere about 
supporting this community, the money he raised in the midst of the pandemic, his, his food drives, his backpack drives, like he's really, really been so sincere. So when it went down, the day before David Aldridge dropped the hammer on how, maybe it wasn't the day before, maybe, I know leading up to it actually happening. He when he was, was like, Ted. Ted, yeah, you gotta make a call. Is it Brad or is it John? Like, let's go. And I was like, oh. But then Troy Halliburton, who we love, our boy Troy, mm-hmm. He wrote a really great piece for the city paper about how John deserved a better ending, which I thought was so spot on. Um, the rumors of Bill and John not working have been going ever since Brad started to elevate his game when John got hurt. So I wasn't super surprised, but I was really curious to see if they were going to be able to figure it out this year, especially with John being healthy. But alas, no more. <laughs> oh, wait, was it an upgrade or a downgrade? I think it's a I think it's a fresh start for both sides. Like I think after all of the rumors started coming out and that's when John starts to get disgruntled, you know, the, the it was like 2 weeks before they made the trade. The night that free agency opened, the rumors started leaking out. Houston's talking to Washington, blah, blah, blah. John obviously heard that through the grapevine. Um and I think the moment that your franchise player who has been the cornerstone and has gotten all of these accommodations and has had, you know, the team rightfully so, was building around their star and gave him a lot of leeway. And the second he's like, oh, hold on a second. It's like the ground shifts from underneath you. And you're like, I got, I have to get up out of here. Like, this is not what I thought it was. Yeah. So I think both sides were ready. I think the way it ended up is good for everybody. I've, it, apparently, John's super happy in Houston. I don't know if you guys watch him play on preseason. He looks really good. He looks good on court. I know it's just whatever, early games and everything like that. But for the Wizards to have a chance to kind of go a new direction, keep Bradley Beal here as their franchise cornerstone unless he decides to leave, and have a player like Russ who not only can help them get to the playoffs this year potentially, but like he can really come in. I don't know if you've seen all the quotes coming out from all these Zoom availabilities about him being accountable, prepared or whatever. Like they're looking for culture too. They they don't come out and say it so much because they don't really like the word culture over there, but they're looking to establish a, a little bit of a new culture over there. So I think that's a really big deal for them. On court, I mean, I think it's pretty one for one trade. <laughs> like. Yeah. I suppose he's a little slower, maybe a little older, but he's not coming off the injury, so they're not going to have to be all careful with him and everything. But uh, although he hasn't played in a preseason game yet, so um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, on court is what I'm. I'm very interested to see how he and Brad work together. I will say the the culture part buzzword for the organization to me. Mm. Maybe, gives us a li- just a slight advantage because I think I always go back to Vic, who is our, you know, DMV, Dematha-Dude, shout out to Vic Oladipo. And he very blatantly has said, I want to say more than once, that he learned how to work and how to elevate his game from being a teammate of Russ's in OKC. Yep. And that's when he left and turned into this perennial all-star prior to his injury. So I always go back to that. And now with the Tim McMahon story that dropped this week, where there's instances of Russell wanting upset because there was no accountability for one James Harden like it only confirms to me that he's the he's perfect for all these young guys that you've got in this organization so I'm super excited to see how that goes hey wait wait Vic Oladipo was at OKC yeah when uh I don't know he went from hold on let me make sure I got this right did he go from the magic to OKC to Indiana I'm looking it up because I don't don't remember that yeah, he played with I, I love that you mentioned that, Monica, because that's always what people mention to me first. They're like, you know, Vic will give Russ his props yeah. to his dying day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was in OKC 16, 17. Yeah, it was short. But... Really? Mm-hmm. I do not remember that. I mean, they weren't. What were you doing at 16, 17? Yeah, I was about to say, you were busy. I, I, I was in college. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I was in college. <laughs> there you go. We're <laughs> <laughs> a theater team either, so like it, it could easily. I know because Vic is our local guy. You know, we keep tabs on our DMV fellas. Some of us. A little bit. <laughs> so okay, here's my question. I'm just gonna be that guy. So I'm just not a big Russell Westbrook fan. Like I, I just okay. don't think he wins. Like I, I don't think like yeah, he's good with accountability and all that, but I just don't think his style of play transforms into winning get basketball games because when you look at what he did like yeah he gets triple doubles and all that but 
I just don't see him winning. So I, I mean, what's y'all's take on that? Uh, you mean because he's got the the playoff thing where he can't make it past the second round, or like just the I winning mean, in, in general? That, but just just his style, just his style of of play, taking like 30, 40 shots. He was okay. He's taking like 30, 40 shots. Um, just his one speed, not being able to change speeds, not really being a true playmaker in a sense. Just mm-hmm. more so like a full speed, hundred mile per hour guy. I mean, yeah, he's a freak of nature, but I just don't know when you look at point guard like. So, before I answer, this is what I will say. Russ got to a conference finals, right? Or semis? When they were all together in OKC and then semi. So No, finals, right? I thought it was the finals. Oh, no, yeah, they, yeah. They, they did get to the finals that one okay. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the finals, then KD left. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think it's fair to say that he doesn't win. I think Russ is a guy that probably needs a unique combination around him. But as I survey this Wizards roster, and Brad continues to ascend, and Scott Brooks had Russ at the peak of his winning. I think the pieces are in place. And he's now on the East. So he's going to give Trey Young all the headaches, Kimball Walker all the headaches, like whoever's playing point guard in Philly, all the headaches. Like, come get this work, whoever's at the guard spot in Miami. So I think we are – we're about to see Russ in a new construct that will maybe tap into some of the old winning. Because I understand where you're coming from, King, but I think this group needs a dynamic personality like Russ. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with my, the the coming to the East thing. That's the big thing. Yeah, I yeah. do. I think that he. I really do think he and Brad are going to work together. He's coming in and saying everything now. Everything Westbrook's saying so far is my job is to make his life easy. Da 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 da. All this stuff. I do think he has made room for for teammates in the past. You know, he made room for Paul George when Paul George had his season. You know, he can work with other people. Um, I think the winning. I think he is coming into a really comfortable situation. He's got Brooks. He's got a whole bunch of training staff people. Months before this trade happened, Wizards cleaned, essentially cleaned house with their like training staff people, brought in a whole bunch of people who was with Russ and OKC. Like, so he's coming into a very comfortable situation that's also hungry for someone like him to come and establish things. Like he's not walking into to something where he's gonna have to make room for James and this is really James's team and he's just fitting in like I think the Wizards are thirsty for someone to come come in and, and really establish stuff so I think that'll be a comfortable situation for him I think he's got the shooters around him I think he's, if he shares you know which I, I do think he will I think he'll be okay at sharing the ball and everything like that and he's got Brad and Bertans and all those guys like in the east the Wizards that's 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 the question everybody asked me like does this mean they're a playoff team now I think if they're not that's a problem Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Did we convince you, King? Um, Just bullied you into submission. I mean, look, I do agree with y'all. He comes into the East, and the point guards in the East are way different than what what he's used to seeing in the West. But I I just don't know. And I saw him with James Harden and and saw the way he was playing. I'm not a big Russell Westbrook fan, so I might be a little biased. But I I just don't see him winning. Because when when he won, he had – potentially the greatest player on the earth on this team, like mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, which took a lot of slack off of him. And also they were up three, one and lost that to the Warriors. So I just, I, no, I mean, it's, it's just, I guess we're going to see. So I do, please Ava, go ahead. I was going to say, I do think he's going to have to win a lot of people over. I do yeah. think there are a lot of people who are still like my, my point guard's gone. Russ is a, a very different personality on court and off. Um, yeah. Although the Wizards say they're very similar off court. But um, yeah, that, that part's going to be. The whole family man. Are they? No. No. But <laughs> I, I don't think, you know, John is the, the really good thing about John and why people like fell in love with him is he's so real. Like you, any, anybody could walk up to him and he'd tell, you, he'd tell you exactly what was on his mind, like for better or for worse. I don't think Russ is like that. Well. Mm. No, I, I don't think Russ is like that. <laughs> uh, all right. I mean, I, I, look, what I would say, last thing about Russ Westbrook, mm-hmm. he might be one of the flyest dudes in the league. And I don't care what nobody got to say about that. The way he dresses, some yes. people say it, it's it's over the top. It's No, that dude is fly. Like some of his fits, I'm like, eh, all right, bro. But 95% of his fits are always hitting. The, one of the flyest dudes in the league, top five, easily. Yeah. I can't wait for King to get to the point in his career where he gets to show off his style regularly. So I could be like, let me tell y'all, when he first was starting, all he talked about was fly athletes and what's like, better. King, I'm with you. My Wizards preview is just a photo essay of his outfit. 
<laughs> All right, so we talked, obviously, Russ is the new kingpin, but let's talk a little bit about Brad, Ava. He's a guy that, you know, to his point, has always said the right things, kept his head down, stayed out of trouble, super, the kind of guy you want to represent your franchise, I think, for sure. No one in the Wizards organization would argue that. But in a way, the addition of Russ adds more pressure to him now because we went and got you this help. We drafted a tremendous shooter. Other guys are taking steps in their um, development too. What's Bill been saying? Monica, this is literally my season preview. So there you go. <laughs> That's, this is the story I'm working on right now. No, you're absolutely right. It's like we've seen Brad transform from this kind of shyer, quieter guy to he grew his leadership stuff in the past two years. And then the past two years, I mean, you talk to people around the league, you talk to scouts, front office people, it's like, oh my God, the things this guy has done with his game. Okay, he's got the numbers. He's now inviting all of the attention, both from the media and the shine and everything, and from imposing defenses. He just signs with Jumpman. What next? Like, now it's, it's going to be a really interesting season for Brad, I think, because now it's kind of like, okay, you have all the pieces around you. You have the game with you. You have the organization behind you. You got to go win. And I think, I mean, I think he would tell you that as well. That's the number one thing he wants to see from the organization, that they're willing to win. So they've set him up. Um, so I think now, I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't talked to him about this yet, but um, I, I am really interested to hear the answer to the question, just if he feels like he has something to prove this season. Really, really interested to hear the answer to that question. Hmm. So me, me and my homeboy was having a, a discussion of the day and somebody, we saw something on Twitter or Instagram and they threw out the comparison of Rui Hachimura to Kawhi. I don't know if you've heard that. But what are your thoughts on that? I have heard that comparison before. It's, it's a weirdly common comparison <laughs> considering, considering, you know, where Rui is and where Kawhi is in his career. Um, it's interesting because that's all the guys that, for Rui, that's all the guys that he has to guard. Like, everybody in that spot is the best players in the league. And he said that the other night after he got done you know, doing his very best against Kevin Durant. I do think it was a, a good, it was a really good effort from Rui, but what are you going to do? Dude just like extends his arms up and you're like, oh, now he's 12 feet tall. Like he's just going to shoot over you. But um, no, that that's the comp, I think, because of their body type, because of the, the wingspan and the hand stuff. Obviously no one's hands just use fly, but like they're kind of in the same build. I do... The, you know, the Wizards really believe in Rui, and you saw last night, I'm interested to see this night, if he builds on what he did in the first preseason game, because if he can keep the defense at the level that he showed in the first night, where, you know, his reads were all good, it looked like the, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing they say about guys growing up in the league, looks like the game was slowing down to him, it's such a gross cliche, but last year there was so much confusion on defense, and everything looked so frenetic. On defense for Rui, if you just focus in on him, it looked good the other night. You know, there were some of the same little picks at his game as usual. Dude didn't even like sniff and assist or anything like that. But yeah. you know, three-point shot looking pretty. If he can keep, um, if he can keep on that trajectory, I think he's going to be a really important piece for the Wizards. And they they definitely think so. They're big on Rui, of course, as they should be. It's their it's their lottery pick. Um, I remember when he got drafted, people were like, huh? And I was like, wait a minute, no, you haven't watched enough college basketball. Like, you watch kid, him at Gonzaga? Yeah, this kid I played him. major upside. Oh, my, you played him, kid? My last game ever, we lost to Gonzaga by like five in the second round. Um, okay, so did you come away being like, oh my God, that was Kawhi Leonard out there? No, <laughs> no not, not even close. The person who I was blown away with was Brandon Clark. But I tell everybody, we got Brandon Clark his his lottery pick, uh, his placement in the draft. He had thirty four and eighteen on us. Oh yeah, y'all did. Thank you. <laughs> and we we're the reason why he got drafted so high because he we had no answer because our big man uh, Freddie Gillespie with the Mavericks right now he he just looked blown away in that moment. Uh, but yeah, we we had no answer. I couldn't guard him because I'm six three. He's six eight and jumps like Zion, so we were screwed from the jump. But he he killed us. Rui, Rui, Rui really didn't do much. He probably had like eight or nine, but he he really didn't do much because uh, we were honestly focusing more on Rui. Mm -hmm. Then Brandon Clark came out there and just was like, nope. Well, like, nope. Okay. <laughs> um, well, beyond his last game playing against you or your last game playing against him, Mark Few, when you were out, Ken, Chris Pizzola was on the pod, and he was talking a lot about Gonzaga in their ranking this year. 
And I don't know if it's the West Coast bias. We totally are digressing a little bit. We'll get back to the Wizards. I don't know if it's the West Coast bias or what, but Mark Few is one of the winningest college coaches out there. And, like, he gets guys to come to Spokane, like, whatever, and they go and they play and they are taught basketball at a high level. So when I watched Rui's body of work when he was in school, you saw a kid that was, first of all, had the perfect NBA build and had high basketball IQ. And so I was like, just, you got it. Like, he's a pro. You just got it. The yeah. difference will be, and I think from what I've heard, he's willing to work hard and all that I good stuff um, becomes how hard you work at the next level. But he definitely, to me, yeah. was a pro. And I, I just think, I'm excited to see him run alongside Russ. Yeah. We already got a glimpse of him against Bill. But Ava, let's get into some of the other um, draftees and like role players that got to take the next leap this year. Denny Avita, shout out to his uncle or whoever made the viral video so we could say. Avia. Avia. Avdia. Avdia. I messed it up again. Sorry, Aunt. <laughs> the only reason on draft night that I like was able to spell it right fast, I was like, okay, it's dark. Because I was like, which one comes first? And I was like, AV, that's like my name. I can do that. <laughs> it tells you how I think. It's great. Um, but he is comes to us from Israel. Not, I haven't mm-hmm. seen a ton of him. I watched a little bit. I looked him up, so I watched a few of his clips. Uh, but in preseason so far, shoot or shoot, honey. Shoot or shoot. And he didn't look hesitant at all, did he? Yeah, no, I think this is, I think this draft pick was really smart for the Wizards this year, where it's going to be a weird season. They didn't have summer league. They didn't have long preseason. They didn't have time to be teaching no rookies how to be pros. And Denny, you know, for as different as the Euro League is that from the NBA, like he had three seasons of professional basketball with him. And so that comes in skill aside. He knows how to talk to dudes who are anywhere from five to 10 years older. He knows how to be in a group with that. He knows how to come and show up every day and do his work. I think that's huge for the Wizards who have 72 games and a really short amount of time to make up a lot of ground and get to the playoffs. That, that was really big for them to not have to teach some, you know, doe-eyed kid. Um, you know, and not saying that, like, if they had moved up and taken a true rookie, that would have been different. But for this year, for the short term, I think that's a really good fit for them. He's, he's got the type of game he like that, that uh, they like over there. He's versatile. He's, you know, I think it's what Scott Brooks has been saying from the beginning. He's a pro. And I think that's really helpful this year. You got like, this year is going to be so weird. I keep thinking like, what if not knock on off source of wood? What if Brad gets sick and then Russ gets sick tended and they're out for like 15, like I keep thinking of those situations where like teams are going to be so messed up this year. I feel like last year and this year are just, it's almost a wash. It's not totally a wash, but it's really hard to judge teams, I think, these past two years. And I, I don't know if that gives people a pass, but that's, I just keep thinking about that. That's legit. No, uh, that's real. So another role player, Davis Bertans. Five years, $80 million. Was it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> The only thing that matters is the Wizards think it was worth it. You know, that's another guy who he hasn't played in a preseason game yet. He came over late. Um, he had some visa issues getting out of Latvia. So he came over late. He's on a different timeline. He's still just kind of working his way in. And we keep asking him, like, Davis, is the chemistry coming together? How's it going? He's like, you guys, I get out there and I shoot threes. It's not that hard. Like, it, I don't need all this time. Like, I can just come in here and do it. So, again, it's another thing that the Wizards can just plug this guy into any lineup pretty much and get get a huge offensive jolt that they are going to need i mean it was clear in the bubble um they need all the offense that they can get not obviously not with brad and russ now but um yeah i think i mean he's gonna go out there and do his job every night and he's chill about it he's a good fit for the team they like him five years in washington sign sign me up come what may there you go nation's capital um it's, you keep saying the Wizards in the bubble. I do not remember them in the bubble at all. And I'm like... So many people don't, Monica. So, so many people don't. They really, it was just a little cup of coffee in the bubble and then they... Literally no recollection of them in the bubble. I'm like, they went? Oh yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay, so the young guy that we do are, are excited about, tons of energy, could have played with Wall, probably could play with anybody. Uh, Thomas Bryant, mm-hmm. looking to take the next step. Our terrific producer made sure to point out he averaged 13 and seven in 25 minutes. Super mm-hmm. about his upside. And then you also bring in Brooke Lopez now. Same position. He's got someone to learn under. Good tutelage, I would say. What have you noted from those two? 
Um, it's, you know, it's so funny. They were talking about yesterday how they're boys because they're both big comic book nerds, which is something that's really fun to talk about. So I, just as an aside, I like, don't laugh. I think it's cool. Listen, when we're on Zoom every day and everyone's like, yes, I will be working on my three-point shot. I'm like, oh my God, a real detail about someone's life. That's great. I'm hungry for it. No, um, I think that's going to be a really good partnership because the thing, the type of things that they're looking at from, that the Wizards want to see from Thomas is establishing a tone. Um, you know, they've got all the offensive leaders. They've got all the, um, the uh, oh, Robin Lopez. Are we talking about Brooke Lopez? My bad. I said Brooke. Oh, Rolo. My bad, Robin. Robin. One of the three 32-year-olds on the team who all came out of high school together. Russ, Robin, and Ish Smith, which is interesting. Um, yes, okay, so I like, I like Robin and Thomas together because what they're looking for out of Thomas is to be kind of the defensive anchor, set the tone, come out, give them a good start, and I can imagine no one better than a guy who's been in the league, what, 12 years, who kind of knows how to do something like that and, and make your game a springboard for the rest of the team. Mm. Shout out to He came in. He said, you got to hit people before you rebound. What are you talking about? Use your body. I was like, <laughs> Robin, like yeah. yeah. I like it. Shout out Thomas Bryant, class of 2015, came out together. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, oh, I'm going to be you. Yeah. Look how young you are. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm young. Sorry, Ava. I know you're young, too. Wait, wait. Class of 2015, not grad, but, like, that's when he came out, right? Like high school. Oh, high school. I was like, I also graduated in 2015, but it was college. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. King, did you have a question? No, 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 no. All right. So I guess the other person in all of this who I, I imagine more pressure is on is Scott Brooks, because depending on who you asked last year or even the year prior, he was not the guy to stir the drink, just so. Um, I don't, I honestly, Ava, I don't really have a ton of opinions on Scott Brooks. Last year was probably the first year that I was like super busy and didn't keep my eye on the Wizards so closely because there was no check involved, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I'm talking I about keeping tabs on my hometown people. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, it was like, oh, did they win? Okay, great. I, I had no commentary for Scott Brooks, but I know that his name has come up more than once on whether or not he's the right fit. He's got his boy Russ back with him now. Brad seems to have been um, in support of him from what I have perused. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he's under a lot of pressure, like a lot of people on this team this year, because he's in the last year of his five-year deal. Um, and he's kind of got one last shot. It's again, it's really, it's, it's really tough to evaluate Scott Brooks, I think, because you have to look at, I think, how many times he's gotten a fair shake with this team. How many times has he had a fully healthy team with him where it's not a COVID season? Three Four. years? Mine no. Is John years? going down. And he said he's in his last year of a five-year deal. Minus, minus John going down. Okay, that's a big... <laughs> okay, yes, I hear you. John going down is a big deal. But what I will mm -hmm. give Scott credit for in John going down is the next step that Brad has been able to take. Right? Oh, yeah. But injuries yeah. are part of the game. So, no, yes, those years matter to me. Okay. That, no, that's fair. That's, that's totally fair. I'm saying, and with the Brad elevating his game, I give, a, I give Brad a lot, a lot, a lot wait, wait, of credit. Wait, wait, wait. You can't, you can't give Coach Brooks that credit, Monica. Yeah, I am not, I, I am not yet sure. I will say I haven't looked into it that deeply, although I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Brad and his you know, Scott didn't mess it up. <laughs> Scott knows how to, knows what to do with Brad. So, okay, all right, there you go. Um, I think, I think it's so funny. I think that's so many people's opinion of Scott. Scott didn't mess it up, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that he took his players and elevated in this. I'm just summing up what I, obviously, of course, I'm not, I don't have opinions. I just, I just report the news. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, the organization is under a lot of pressure because Brooks is in the last year of his contract, because Bradley Beal has made it clear that he needs to see some winning from this team. Um, and I think that you're going to see a lot of that, like, yes, the Wizards have long-term goals, but this year is really, it's got to, they've got to get some short-term results. They've got to get some short-term results or else you could see some are. major turnover. They got to make the playoffs. That's it. That's it. They got to make the playoffs. I think you get a lot of leeway once you're in the playoff conversation. I don't know how far you necessarily need to go or anything, but they have to make the playoffs, I think. And I think Scott Brooks, when um, he's being honest, he'll say, yeah, that's not, I mean, you, you know, he'll say it, whatever, off the cuff. Yeah, they want to be a playoff team this year, for sure. A lot of pressure. 
knock on all the wood that everyone stays healthy. I don't, I think that that's reasonable from the group in the East, personally. Um, I will say, I think the thing that gets held against Scott Brooks is that I think the city kind of liked Randy Whitman. (laughs) I think so, too. Yeah. He's kind of brash, like, had his guys back, like, wasn't going to cut cards. I will say, covering Scott Brooks, the man is a, he's a, truly, he's a good man. He's a wonderful person. You know, you guys know both being in sports, you don't always get to say that about people, but Scott Brooks is a very good person. So, but that's not the issue at hand, right? It's not the issue. Don't get rehired because you're a nice dude. There you go. All right, so we obviously have gone down the rundown of Wizards things with you, but in covering the Wizards, you get to see a lot of other professional teams from the NBA. What are the biggest storylines to you, Ava, that are sort of fascinating? You... And your squad got the first look at a healthy Kevin Durant in his return, who looked great. He looked great. Wow. I, I, I remember I was sitting here, like, feeling sorry for myself. Like, man, I got to watch a preseason game on TV again. And Kevin Durant comes out, and I was like, <laughs> like, it's been so long. I forget, you know, just seeing, seeing his, his unique alien body on the court do that stuff again it's like man this is why I love that game so yes I'm excited about that I am fascinated not just because John's down there fascinated by what's going to happen in Houston because I forgot when you don't have to write about all the drama the NBA drama is really fun (laughs) just from a fan standpoint like I'm just like he did what they let him do what now like that Tim McMahon story was really excellently reported and and all the stuff coming out of Houston is good shout out to Kelly Eco you should have him one from the yeah. athletic covering the, covering the Rockets. Um, yeah, it's it's all it's all really interesting. So, looking forward to seeing Houston. Looking forward to seeing KD, and I'm really um, looking forward to seeing Steph back. Like, what the Warriors have been through and everything like that. I'm just like, man, it's been a, a minute since I got to watch Steph Curry play basketball and like not be the like big celebrity brand person that he is now, but just be a basketball player. And I'm really, really pumped to see what that whole situation in the West looks like. Mm. What about you guys? Mm. Mm-hmm. Now I love KD. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, I, did y'all see that picture of James Harden? Yes. In 400 pounds? <laughs> not quite four. Yes. So our NBJ group that. I, I can't remember who said they were there, Ava. You saw the chat. They said it was it was the angle more than anything. I think it was the angle. I was like, there's no way this dude literally took that much off and let his body get to that. There's no way. It have been a baby. Yeah. But it is, nah, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see that. Um, what else? I, I really like the Suns. I, for some reason, I think the Suns did a great job this offseason. And I'm mm-hmm. interested to see if they're going to be a playoff team with Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. I think that's exactly what they need because I think Chris Paul is going to make Devin Booker mm-hmm. might be a strong opinion, but the best two guard in the NBA this year. I think he's going to elevate his game that much, like Bradley Beal status, maybe even better. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, that's a good one, King. I'm actually really excited for Denver. I want to see oh. what the next step for. I mean, they got, you know, Bubbles conference finals. I, I, I am not of the crowd that believes in the asterisk in terms of what was accomplished last season. Mm. But I do think that plays, that particular series plays out differently under normal circumstances. But I have been said, and King heard me say it a bunch of times last year, I've been said that I was thrilled to see Utah and Denver go head to head. Cause to me, they are the next teams up. Like they can keep their core together. They're young. When these other guys start to get old and age out, like we're still gonna be like, oh, it's your time. So <laughs> excited for Denver in particular. Joker was in that, um, out of the eight votes, I think he got two in that ESPN front office exec thing that suggested that um, our boy Luca would be the MVP favorite. Joker was second on, in the, amongst those. Yo, Denver has a backup point guard. Uh, he, this kid came from somewhere. He's, he's like a foreigner. He might be the greatest passer I've ever seen in my life. Literally, I, I got, I got a matter of fact, I got, I got to send you, his name is super hard to pronounce. I got to send you his, uh, it's like, it's super fun. I'll send you his highlights. He's probably the greatest pass I've ever seen. Like, he's Thank on the same level as Jokic. Hold on. Now uh, I, up. I know. Oh, wait. Okay, wait. It's the... Uh, are you talking about... Facundo Campado? Yep, 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 I'm so yep, sorry. Yep, I shouldn't yep. have done that. 
That was good. Shouldn't have done yeah. that on a recording. Him. Him. Watch his highlights after when you get a time when you get a chance. Oh my goodness. Oh, he's legend time. Okay. Okay. One yeah. of the best passes I've ever seen in my life. Dude, <laughs> like be, probably better than Jokic when it comes to passing. He's gotta have something if he's five eleven. Yes, no, I'm telling you, this guy, he all he does is make pick and roll reads and just make crazy passes like that. I don't know how in the world he, he sees. Okay, well, can't get us hip. I do want to see how Brooklyn pans out in the in the East, though, too, guys. I mean, with all of the confusion and the trolling and Kyrie and whatever, <coughs> um, I, I don't I... So LeBron said on road tripping that when he heard Kyrie's comments about not playing with an elite finisher, closer, whatever, shooter, that he kind of was like, dang, like, all I did was try to set this this dude up. I just wonder, is it Kyrie? Like, that becomes my question. Like, he's the one that's bounced around and not necessarily achieved. Is it Kyrie? So I'm, I'm just curious to see how things go in Brooklyn. Hmm. You know, I, I like Kyrie. I, I don't know. I, it's just something about him. Just the way he is, I think he's just real. Like some of the things he says, like okay, absurd. Like the world being flat. Like come on now, bro. That don't make no sense. But it, like him not wanting to talk to the media. I mean, I ain't see nothing wrong with it. He he shouldn't be forced to talk to the media. In my opinion. I mean, I know I'm a media person. Yes, yes, I, I'm a media person. But like, I can kind of get where he's coming from. There's some days I just don't want to sit up there and have have interviews with the media. And I was in college. So I can imagine being Kyrie in the NBA and people constantly, you know, it's like they, they switch his words, they they turn his words around. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I mean, maybe it's his obligation, but free speech, right? What if he got up there and just didn't say nothing? It is his obligation. <laughs> That's the whole point. It's part of his job. And King, don't you don't you sit there behind that microphone and start saying they gonna twist his word around. They the microphone in front of your face. <laughs> My bad. You know, but I mean, I I, I just kind of understand. Like, there's some days like he just feels like we twist, we twist his words. And here's what I was saying on the camera. I do think that we are in a different age of athlete, right? Like he can afford to take his little fine. It probably, he probably started talking because the team didn't want to take the fine, right? To me, I had Kyrie's back when he suggested that we don't go back to the bubble because we need to stay and be uncomfortable and all that was going on this summer. I had his back. I really was baffled by how many people just thought he was being contrary, but I'm like, he's absolutely right. And then to the credit of the athletes in the bubble, the WNBA bubble and the NBA bubble, they kept the focus on the issues amidst playing their games. But for me, you can't have it both ways, Kyrie. You can't have a legit thought that you're willing to express, willing to take heat for that, and then all of a sudden shut down. Like, either you're going to be a guy that may sometimes be labeled as contrary, but you have thought these things out and are willing to share, and you take what comes with it, or you're not, right? And to me, I don't have an issue with you not necessarily wanting to talk. I always go back to Marshawn Lynch. Like, Marshawn yeah. never said nothing to nobody, but still had a certain grace about him, right? So just pissing people off for the sake of pissing people off to me is just unnecessary, because to Ava's point, this still remains your job. So either you continue to pay up, or you're going to eventually have to fulfill your obligation. But like, Yeah, and, and I totally, sorry, King, I, I totally get where he's coming from. I understand. But like the, the entire, you guys know, NBA ecosystem is all like, it's like legitimate news people who know what they're talking about. And a lot of people who kind of know what they're talking about and blogs and the internet and all that stuff. So I understand where he's coming from. But like, at the end of the day, Kyrie knows better than that. Kyrie knows that there are people who've been covering him in this league since he entered it, who are the most ethical journalists who have the best intentions who, if you sit down and talk to them, they're not going to twist your words, you know? Like, if you sit down and talk to whoever's in ESPN, whoever's in New York for ESPN, whatever Malika. New York for Malika, Malika, Jackie McMahon, any, anybody, any real journalist is not going to misportray Kyrie Irving. And I, I don't know, when I hear the, um, just when I hear the, like, the pawns thing and all that, I just think about, it just makes me think about how everybody in the country all of a sudden really hates the media, and I'm always just like, no, we're not that. Like, that's the immediate reaction I have, like, yeah. coming from the, the Washington Post, where I don't ever write about politics. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just feel like Kyrie, like, everything he says, like, it, either he gets, like, called, like, kind of like what you said, Monica, like, he says that we shouldn't, they, that the NBA shouldn't come back, and all of a sudden it's like, 
they call him an idiot. Everybody's bashed. Everybody's talking bad about him. You know, he, he it's like almost anything that he says or anything that he does is taken overboard. Like had LeBron had that thought, like had, had LeBron voiced that, but nobody would have said nothing to him. Had 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 Steph Curry said that, nobody would have said nothing controversial. But like because Kyrie said that, all of a sudden it gets blown out of proportion and people are saying, oh, you're stupid, you're contrary. But they're not seeing like what he's really doing off the court. Like the type of person really is. I think the biggest part of that is not personal when he said it this year. And I think if Steph said it, people would have said the same thing. Your team sucks and you're not playing anyway. So that was the biggest piece, I think, that people had the gripe with Kyrie because they said, you're not playing, so why are you have such a large voice? But King, here's the thing. When we think back to the the recent onset of this idea of athlete act activism, although I'm reading my good book on John Thompson, he was really one of the first guys to use this platform. Love him. Love you, Big John. Um, when we think back to the onset of it, Colin Kaepernick got crushed. Nobody was celebrating it. So sometimes I think you've got to be so settled in your belief that you're willing to take the heat. And all I'm asking from Kyrie is consistency, right? When Cap started doing that, he did it. And ultimately, it cost him his job in the league. I'm not saying that anything Kyrie has to say will cost him his job in the league. But you've got to know that if you're going to have an opinion that goes against the grain, Sure, there are going to be people on your side, but there are going to be people that it's very uncomfortable for. But you can't let that sway you. If you got something to say, say it. The, the pawns, whatever that means, like that's part of the territory that has given you your platform, honestly. Can I ask you guys a question? So when, they, um, when everybody was going back to the bubble and it was all like, we're going to be testing and we can do this safe and society needs this and everything. And like, do you guys think that they should be playing the season right now with like all the COVID numbers, with all the, for me, I, so many people have brought up the hypocrisy of them being the first league to shut down and saying, this isn't safe. We can't do this without really leading that movement. And then just kind of come back when it's all happening. What do you guys think about that? America. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, think about it. We all, as a society, I would like to believe outside of the complete anti-COVID, fake COVID people. In March, we were all much better about this. I give us all much better about this up until like May. And then the weather broke and Bamas was like, oh, no, nah, I'm going outside. <laughs> um, I am I'm okay with pros. I have more of a existential complex on the college level. And granted, that's both King and I's job. So I, they're playing. I'm talking about it. But I think we talk about Florida and Keontae Johnson. Like, I can stomach pros. I have a little bit more of an issue with college. I do, I will admit, and I said this to Bruce last week, I do hate the notion that we need sports back for our country's morale. No, you need to sit in the house. You need to follow the rules. Like, morale be damned. Like, we're talking about people's health. So don't give me that. Now, I also understand having been an athlete, if I was a college athlete, what's the alternative? Figure out a way to play as safe as we can or sit at home and be in the house? All right, I'm going to go with trying to play, right? If I'm a professional athlete, now we're talking about our CBAs and how this ultimately affects us years once we're past this virus, okay, there's some sacrifices that we have to make. But I just think it, it speaks to the nature of America, right? Like if we were really responding based on the numbers, then a lot of things wouldn't be happening right now that are back. Yeah, no, I, I actually agree with you. I think that when they first decided to come back, um, I was against it, I was with Kyrie. Like, but there's too much going on in this society. And I think that sports are ultimately a distraction. Like, yes, you can say like, um, they can keep the focus, keep the primary focus on the social justice issues, which they did a good job. But ultimately, like for the people who don't care, they're just gonna watch the basketball game and tune out all the rest. Right. So I think if like them playing basketball, like LeBron winning his fourth championship, going for his fourth ring, that's the story that a lot of people care about. Like you playing a commercial or the back of your jersey saying equality, I feel like a lot of people just like, whatever, just play basketball. And I think that I, that's why I was against it, because I thought it was a major distraction. I mean, right now, I think this in the time that we're in, I think it's more so COVID than social justice. I think mm -hmm. social justice will take a lot of things, like a lot of time for us to improve and for us to like get better as a country. But I do think COVID, I mean, numbers-wise, if they can keep players safe, I'm here for it. They, they were the first league to prove that, you know, we can do this bubble, we can do it the right way. Uh, we can keep people safe and we can play basketball games. However, there's no bubble this year, so we will see if uh, that, that plays an impact. Because the NFL, college football, <laughs> the MLB, <laughs> they look like some idiots, just being honest. Like, 
all these COVID tests, all these cancellations in, in college basketball too, you know, that pays the bills. They, they, they look crazy. Like all these cancellations, Baylor hasn't played a game and Baylor's only played one game on their schedule that was actually uh, originally like before the season started, they only played one game that was originally on that schedule. How many games have they played total? Four. And they've had like they was in the they was doing the DM scheduling. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, what are your thoughts, Ava? Because you now are tonight you will go from your car to your one person suite with personalized food to do your job. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I'm I know I they were like there will be food in the suite. I'm imagining like, you know, when you go in the suite and it's out on the it's gonna be like a little little container. They're like, cheese grilled cheese now. <laughs> no, it's it is wonderful what the wizards are doing to ensure the safety of everybody. But um I think it's I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I think it shows you, and I don't think anyone would be surprised to hear this, but like at the end of the day, okay, yes, you guys had the chance with the bubble to go and make it about social justice and, and you know, be leaders in terms of we have to do this safely and da 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 And then it just boils down to because you're a professional sports league, it's about money. It's about money. We have to play these games. We have to fulfill our TV contracts. Like, which I totally understand. A lot of people get paid when the NBA goes on. Like, that's important too. But I do think I do think there was a, just a little bit of that, like, well, right, we're just going to do it now. Like, we waited, we waited long enough. I, 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 I wasn't expecting them to start when the season start dates came out. I was like, oh, we're doing pre-New Year's. Okay, we're getting in time for Christmas. That is going to be yeah. Um, yeah. very, very interesting. Although, you know, what it, um, I, think, I think it was Shamsi tweeted last night that one player has tested positive since September 10th. Yeah. I was truly shocked to see that. <laughs> like. Because, as you guys said, college sports are having a tough time, man. And I know it's different and everything, but, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. All right, Ava, thank you for being so incredibly generous with your time. This is how we wrap up with our guests. We actually haven't done this in a minute because I guess we rushed. Sure. But you have given us your time today. So the name of the pod is Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. And let's keep it... I don't know, King. Should we keep it 2020 and work or just like open it all the way up? Let's open it all the way up. All right. Well, so we'll, we'll let you go, whatever you want on 2020. Um, we need a one of these three things, unless you're feeling like you have one for each. Here's the deal. The bucket is the thing that you want more of. Give me more of this. I love it. All the buckets. The block or the board, excuse me. The board is not so glamorous on the surface, but perhaps had a silver lining. Think like a rebound, right? Need them, but you'd rather make the shot. The block is the thing that you want to get out of here. I don't want any more of this at all at any points. And so King says we leave it wide open to 2020, whether it's work-related, if you want to share a personal story, more than welcome to. Um, just one of those, unless you have more than one to give. You pick and let us know. Oh, man. This is hard. Um, I mean, there's truly so much to block in 2020. <laughs> I mean, in the entire year, I would love to, to block out of my mind. Um, you know, I think, here's, here's my board. Okay. You guys been doing home workouts? <laughs> I, I have. I, Monica, literally, I know you have. Okay. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's my silver, that's my like silver lining. Like it's keeping the mental health straight. Okay. It's keeping me from packing on too many quarantine pounds. <laughs> and yesterday I was doing, I like literally did like a quick, like 35 minute little weights thing. And I was like, wow, Ava, you really have no excuse anymore when the world goes back to normal of like, oh, I couldn't make it to the gym. I didn't have time. Like you have these weights. No, but that's my silver lining. It both sucks because I miss the gym yeah. and I miss going outside. Um, but it's also good because that's what's really keeping me keeping me straight. I'm a tennis player. I played a ton of tennis this summer. That was nice. Monica, please um, put me through a workout. And I want to see how quickly I die. I really do. I just would like to see how I'm, I'm laying on the ground. You're not going to die. You can handle it. You're an athlete. But I actually agree with you. In fact, last night, like for Christmas, I think I'm buying myself one of those like rogue feed bags. Like I, this week in particular, I guess now that it's cold, because when we were outside, like it was fine. I was like, oh, I'm so creative outside. Like my cousin would come join me. Like it's great. But now that it's cold, girl, I'd be in a garage with a heater like, oh my God, it's cold. <laughs> 
the garage is good. I've been in front of my TV in the living room. Like, like. <laughs> um, I definitely miss the gym though too, particularly like, I don't feel strong from like not weightlifting, but we're gonna figure it out. Uh, 2020 has forced us all to get so creative. But Ava, I guess I haven't congratulated you on your promotion yet. Congratulations, <laughs> there's that. Um, also, thank you, thank you for spending so much time with us this morning. We wish you the best of luck and are looking forward to stories that you're proud of with details and figuring out the best ways to draw details out on Zoom. <laughs> mm. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was really fun just kikiing with everybody. This was good. <laughs> that was dope. I have been out, so I'm back and I can finally do the favorite segment of the show for me personally. Who's tripping? I'm back with it. So who's tripping this week? Well, we got news yesterday that the NCAA has allowed transfers to be able to come in and play at whatever school they choose to immediately. <sighs> so I talked to a few coaches. They kind of like it a little bit. Me personally, I think it's going to well, I think I have two takes on it. First take, I think it's good for people sitting out this year, especially in a COVID year. I think that transfers should be able to play this year only. After this year, when everything gets back to normal, I think that this rule is, is absolutely absurd. Why is it absurd? Because now it hurts high school kids because why would you recruit a high school kid? You can go get a college kid who's already been acclimated to the college system and he can play immediately instead of, getting a 18 year old that you have to maybe develop in the weight room, develop on the court, teach him the game that hurts the kids, especially when you look at three stars and below that's going to hurt their recruiting. Also the backstabbing of coaches. Mm. If I see a kid who's on another man's team and that coach is my friend, but he's not playing. Why not go up to him after the game? Hey bro, give me a call. Or, hey, like, let's talk. Have your people talk to me. Have your people reach out. Or you might even reach out personally on Instagram, Twitter, or some form of, of, of outreach to the, to the player because you want the kid to come to your school. Then another aspect we got to think about is, is money. Why, why not give a kid, you know, all these NCAA rules that prohibit people from taking gifts and all that? Well, we'll probably see that happen even more now because you want this kid to come and help you change your program this next year. But also not just that, we're going to see no stability in college programs anymore. If a kid is not happy, it's probably the biggest problem. If the kid is not happy, he has the freeway to leave. So therefore, as a coach, it's like, okay, I got to keep this kid happy. I have high hopes for kid number nine on my roster, but I got to make sure he's happy some way in some fashion, or he's going to leave and go somewhere else where he can play. So you're going to see so many kids leaving. The transfer, transfer portal was already at the highest it's ever been last year before COVID. Imagine what it's going to look like these next few years. I think this is a terrible rule for the NCAA and their tripper. Man, immediately when the decision was announced, I was like, is there going to be enough room? And what does that mean for incoming freshmen? But just because kids have the ability to do this now doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be room. So I agree with you. It does certainly get a little bit messy, but as we've seen the college basketball is being played in the midst of a pandemic, I'm sure that the teams and schools and coaches will figure out how to navigate this one too. <laughs> For sure. Good thing we're not coaches. Facts. <laughs> Thanks so much to our guest today, Ava Wallace of the Washington Post, for being so incredibly generous with her time. I love when guests flip the conversation and ask us questions, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks also to our producer extraordinaire, Bruce Bernstein, and to our fantastic editor, Tom Phillip. Please check out all of our Pure Hoops media shows. This week, Mike Wise has Dallas Mavericks legend and TV analyst Derek Harper with some smart takes on Luka Doncic and the Young Mavs. Full Court with Fisher and Kay has yours truly this week. We talked women's NCAA tournament and hoops in general, taking place in one location, potentially San Antonio in March, as well as breaking down the ACC. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and Bruce, who is filling in for Aaron, has Alex Schiffer. 
of The Athletic talking about the Brooklyn Nets and their dynamic duo of KD and Kyrie. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast on Friday, and I'm back with King next Thursday for another edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. COVID-19 is no joke, everybody. I had it, and it affected me. It made me uncomfortable. It made everybody around me nervous. However, it didn't affect me like how it has affected hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, There was no, thank God, there was nothing too crazy that happened to me or my sister. But still, you still need to be mindful and do everything that you can to protect yourself and others by wearing your mask. Wash your hands, keep your distance from others, and just overall, just be considerate of those around you. Keep the nurses, doctors, and hospital personnel in your prayers. To be honest, during this time, during this pandemic, they're the real superheroes, and they need all the support that we can give. Keep working to make our society more inclusive. Equality at the end of the day is what we're fighting for and striving for. Until next week, Monica with the antlers on please say it enjoy well safely i want to say safely (laughs) enjoy your poops buckets boards and blocks with monica mcnutt and king mcclure is a presentation of pure hoops media